Wonderful. Well, today it's my privilege to share with you a sermon that I shared with our church in Gloucester. Uh, it, the brief was, pick your own topic. So as I thought about it and prayed about it, I was like, you know, I think there's something about what it means that as a follower of Jesus, God is with me. Like we sing it at Christmas, Emmanuel, which means God with me, but we're not going to do Christmas in July, so no worries. Uh, but I wound around the idea and what it means to have the presence of God with us in the spirit. I think it's one of the most powerful pieces of the Christian life, and it's essential to living out our faith. It's also one of the most challenging to understand uh, and to grow in. Uh, at least it's a growing area for me. Erin and I like to say that in our church growing up, uh, we definitely had the Trinity, but sometimes it, it might have felt like we had the Father, Son, and Holy Scripture. For me, it's been a slow and gentle learning about the Spirit over many years of working in the United Kingdom with people whose spiritual practice and Christian faith um, have, have different and expanded practices from my own. So today, it's an, a high overview view of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna touch down gently a couple times, and we're gonna think about our own experience. And because it's an intentionally wide overview, wide not deep, I wanna recommend some teaching to you by Tim Mackey. He's the chap who does the Bible Project. Um, online, you can find a sermon series at his church on uh, called I Am Who I Am, which was about God. So there's a lot of Tim Mackey material. If there's anything clever, it's absolutely from Tim Mackey. So we're gonna do this sermon Gloucester, England style. Okay, so that means we have some interactive bits sprinkled in um, and we have some response time at the end. So if you're willing, turn to a couple of people near you, just two or three, and think about when you had a moment of wow or awe that just sort of it blew your socks off. Um, it might have been in a quiet way. It might have been in a dramatic way. It might have been a moment in nature. It might have been a piece of art. It might have been a time with your family. But just a general like, wow, life is amazing kind of moment, okay? I'm going to give you two minutes, and I'd like you to actually physically turn to somebody and share that memory of a moment that was impactful to you. Go. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, 
Thanks for sharing with each other that moment of wow. So as we get into our topic, we might not get any further in a minute than a moment of wow. And actually, I'd be okay with that. Because to understand and to be more awe-filled about the reality that is true for believers in Jesus, I want us to just take this in. And if it helps you to listen, to close your eyes, I'd encourage you to do that. That the living God who created the universe, the stars and the earth, the ocean and the trees, God in the person of the Spirit is alive and present daily in you and with you. The very power of God which brought life and order out of chaos and darkness in the creation, the same God who came in person in Jesus to rescue and save us from our mess, the fullness of who Jesus is, is sent to be a gift, to be with us every minute of every day, to remind us of our true identity and to help us live as human beings in relationship to our Heavenly Father and with other human beings. Now that's a moment of wow. That is a wow kind of thing. And it is vital because it's part of the good news when you accept Jesus and follow him. It's strange and it's wonderful and it's true. And it's a gift from God who is relentlessly, eternally committed to loving us and restoring us to all he's made us to be. And thinking about the Spirit of God might be brand new for some of us. It might be very familiar. It might seem a bit strange or maybe even really strange. But I want to say, yeah, to speak of the person of the Spirit of God living in us is strange in our wider society. And that's okay. Because we can recognize that and also say it's a truth that we celebrate as Christians. So as a part of our overview, we're going to say, who is the Holy Spirit? The Spirit is the personal presence of God with believers every moment of every day. The Spirit's the third person of what we call the Trinity, which is the name given to the reality that the God in the Bible is, in a way that's really challenging for us to understand. That God is made up a community of persons in the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And while that term Trinity isn't in the Bible, it is a reality that is clear throughout Scripture. We don't have time to go into it today, but there's some good resources online that can help unpack it a bit. So we can trace the presence of the Spirit from page one in the Bible. It goes right back. Genesis 1, 1 and 2 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So in creation, God speaks, he expels his breath and order and beauty and life comes out from this darkness and chaos. And it is the breath of life that is the image of the spirit that animates life to the first humans that God made. And to um, that first person, 
and to each of us, life is given as a gift. These activities of the Spirit in creation are good ones to remember because what the Spirit did then, the Spirit does now. So breath or wind is a little trans, literal translation of the word for spirit in the Bible. And it's a, it's a wonderful image to help us try to get our head around it a bit. We can feel the wind and we can feel the effects of it, uh, but we don't literally see the wind. We can feel our breath right now. Um, it's what powers our body, it's life. I'm not a medical doctor, but I can tell you that there's no breath, there's no life. And the spirit is life given by God. And it's important when we think about the reality of the spirit that spirit is a who, not a what. Spirit is a who, not a what. The, the image of breath or wind are, are images to help us understand something. They're a, they're a metaphor, but it doesn't make the spirit a what. It's not the life force of Star Wars um, or a natural force of the earth. That is not the Holy Spirit that's given to us in Scripture. So it's a who, um, the Spirit is a who, it's a person, and it's a person who is God come to be with us. A couple of things help me think about um, the Spirit differently, more personally, and they're small and subtle, but they help me shift my thinking a little bit. So John 14, we're gonna have a look at this passage. John 14, says, and Jesus speaking, he says, if you love me, keep my commands. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Now, just before this passage, Jesus has said, I am the spirit, uh, that I am the way, the truth and the life. So Jesus says, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. So whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. So in this passage, Jesus is saying, I am in you, I'm with you, but I'm sending another one who's with you because I'm going away, but he's gonna be with you. It's the spirit of truth. And he's just said, I am the truth. So if you march through this passage and some other ones like it, there's a sense in which the Holy Spirit is Jesus come to be with us. Jesus, he says, I'm sending you a helper. I'm gonna be with you, but I'm going away. The spirit is just like me, but he's with you in a different way. Now here's where the understanding of the Trinity and God being one, but three persons is a bit, I mean, it is mind blowing. Um, Jesus is the fullness of God. The Spirit is the fullness of God, and it's God's presence with us. So if I think of the Spirit as a who, and I find it hard to get my head around, something that's helped me is, I think, it's Jesus with me. Like I say, 
God with me sometimes can be a bit big and nebulous. But I think, oh, it's Jesus with me. Oh, if I only had the presence of Jesus with me. Oh, I do. <laughs> oh, um, or uh, everything I know of Jesus, everything I know about Jesus personally with me. The early believers in the Bible spoke of the spirit as the spirit of Jesus or the spirit of God's son. So it helped me to think of the spirit more personally by thinking it's Jesus with me. And then the other thing that I've recently found helpful um, came from a conversation with a friend and she um, is a longtime friend of mine and she was speaking of God's work in her life and she said, um, rather than saying the spirit, she says, oh, that's just like spirit to do that in my life. Spirit was encouraged me to do this or to think that. To say spirit as a name by dropping the, which can sometimes make our speech about the spirit or thinking as a, an object. So that's something for you to consider and try. I'm gonna sprinkle it in here, okay? We'll give it a try. So a brief of who spirit is. Now, again, we're gonna just push the boat right out here and I'd like you to turn to your neighbor for just a minute and say briefly, if anything that we've talked about to date has really been, whoa, well, well, that's different. I hadn't thought about that or mm, I don't know about that. I've got some questions. So turn to your neighbor, one minute, just share something and then we're gonna carry on. Go. Great. Thanks for that. So in our flying tour, we're going to touch on, on uh, a couple more areas, just briefly. Three broad, broad areas about the work of the Spirit. Um, there are a lot of verses that we printed in the bulletin as a handout because we don't have time to go through a lot of scripture, but they're there for you as a resource. Uh, but I want to pause briefly and just pray and ask spirit to speak to us through these next couple bits so spirit who is present and who is available and with us i pray that you would highlight to each of us some aspect of your work in our lives as we listen amen so what does scripture show the spirit doing the spirit affirms to us that we are saved and in a new restored relationship and identity with God. When we put our trust in Jesus, when we say, I believe that you came as this unique God-human Jesus to be the person I can't be, to take the sin and mess I've made of my life, 
when I recognize God's rightful place in my life to save me, I become a renewed person. And this new right relationship with God gives us a new identity. The Bible says in Romans 8, 15, that the spirit tells our spirits that we are children of God, adopted by God into his family. We're entitled to the same inheritance that God gave Jesus. We are daughters of the king and sons of the king. We receive an inheritance of eternity, of position and of purpose now and eternally. So the spirit reminds us of who we are and if we have been given or taken on for ourselves false identities that do not speak truth in light of what God says of us, then we need to um, tell those identities to take a hike. We need to speak truth and the spirit speaks truth to us. So when we accept Jesus, this internal spiritual renewal brings the presence of God um, to be with us. And one way that the Bible speaks of this is that we're a temple. And this is a funny thing, we don't really have temples here. But in the Bible they had a temple and a temple was a place where heaven and earth met. And we are that place now. We are the place where heaven and earth meet, the temple where God is active. And again, there's some fab teaching by Tim Mackey in a video he has done on heaven and earth. So when we think about the Spirit's work in us, it is that restored identity, and it has big implications for us. Because the Spirit living in us shapes us towards God's character and God's best life, which is available to us. Now, I do say available because we can cooperate with God's Spirit's work in our life, knowing God more and more, and refining our understanding of God's best, um, but we can resist that as well. We can still try to live on our own, doing what we think is right or wrong, um, and unwilling to submit to what God has for us. But I think if you're like me, maybe it's just, it's a lifetime of cooperative work with what Spirit is doing in me to transform me all the subtle little pockets in which I have yet to open up to God's work in my life. How does the Spirit shape us into God's character? The Spirit is God's presence who guide us, guides us. And this uh, passage in John 14 calls the Spirit the helper or the advocate, one who literally comes alongside the images of a boat, like a tugboat that that guides a big boat into a harbor, guides us along in our lives. We learn what God's life is like in scripture, in prayer, in living in the church, and through all of those things and through our own relationship, spirit brings God's truth to us. So spirit is a guide. And there's many passages in the Bible that speak about that transforming character that the spirit brings joy, peace, truth, hope, love, power, freedom. God's peace and all of those things come to us because they are aspects that the Spirit enlivens in us that are God's very presence. 
There's passages in the Bible like Galatians 5, which speaks about what it is like to do life with God's spirit. And again, the Bible uses a variety of, of metaphors or images to help us get that. It says we live by the spirit, we walk by the spirit, we are filled with the spirit, guided. It's a lot of images saying we do life together, together with spirit in us. And it produces in us a kind of character and that Galatians 5 passage uses the image of fruit. It's like a tree that produces some fruit. And that fruit are things like love and joy and peace and patience, kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And those traits become a part of our life as we cooperate with God's spirit to shape us. All of those things um, make our identity more and more who we're meant to be. And that new life does not look like the life where I'm in control, where I'm living for myself in my own best wisdom, because the Spirit's transformation applies to all parts of my life, how I spend my money, how I treat my coworkers or my employers, my employees, what I do with my sexuality, how I relate to my spouse, my children, my parents, my sibling, my neighbors, and even that neighbor. It has implications for how I speak and how I treat those who are vulnerable and weak in society and more. So the Bible encourages us to live by the Spirit. And lastly, just briefly, the Spirit gifts and equips us for joining God's work in the world. God did not leave his good creation in the state that it is currently in, it's gonna be restored. That's God's job. And he wants every person in all of creation to live in a right relationship with him, and even creation itself. And the joy is that he's called us, the great gardener has called us to partner with him and join him in the kingdom work. And to that end, the spirit lives in our lives um, and gives us gifts which are empowered by spirit in us. We talk about these sometimes in the Bible as spiritual gifts. There's many of them. There's passages that are in your bulletin that point out a variety of different kinds of gifts. But the point is that by the power of the Spirit in us, God makes use of all sorts of things he's given us, um, and he just gets a lot done because they're powered by the Spirit. We steward those um, in his world and in his church so the Bible lists things like encouraging people, bringing healing, exercising administration, teaching, discerning spiritual realities, wisdom, leadership. Every believer has a gift and a role to play. So spirit takes those and gets things done in the world because they're spirit powered. So it's gonna look different person to person, context to context, and that's okay. But it's great to know that God has made you and works in you where he has placed you. He works in me differently. So that is the last sort of overall aspect of what we see the Spirit doing. We've done this high overview of what it means to have the Spirit in us. But I want us to just take a couple minutes now to reflect. We have looked at the Spirit as a person who is God's presence living in us. And if you haven't accepted Jesus' offer 
of rescue and God's place in your life as king for the first time, but you wanted to do that, you wanna have spirit of life in you, you can ask him and you can speak to anybody that you have seen or come with today. You might wanna settle into some thankfulness for that reality in your life, if that is true. The Spirit confirms our identity as God's children and new creations, and God might be speaking to you about this, about putting off false identities and affirming your status as God's beloved child. The presence of the Spirit shapes us in our character and in our behavior, and perhaps Spirit has identified an area in your life that the Spirit wants to transform you. And lastly, the Spirit equips us with gifts to serve the church and the world for God's purposes. And maybe the Spirit is speaking to you today about how and where he's working through you. Yeah, even you in your everyday life. So I'm just going to pray and ask Spirit to speak for a minute while we uh, close. Spirit of God with us, available to us, and in us. We ask that you would be moving and speaking as you will in our lives. Help us to listen to that voice and know that you are the voice of life and love and want to bring that to us. We thank you and we praise you for your work in our lives. Amen.